Welcome back, everybody, to episode 13 of the False Night Podcast. I'm George, or some of, you, some of you may know me as Emilio, and I'm here with with my friend Paul. And it's a very dark day. It's a very dark day for um, for football in general, for, for us aficionados of the sport. And it's a very sad day, especially to all you Barcelona fans um, and La Liga fans. Even just yeah, just in general football fans, it's it's been confirmed by Barcelona that PSG. Uh, oh no, sorry. Oh no, no. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. That Messi is leaving Barcelona. Right now we don't know to where, but after 19 years or 21 years at the club, more like, um, since Messi was 13 years old, he came from Argentina. To Barcelona, Barcelona gave him a chance at the club. He worked his way up to the first team. He gave this club everything, and after twenty-one long, long years, Messi is finally leaving. Yep, I mean, I don't know what to say. It's it's a really sad day. Yeah, and these these last few hours have been really painful. Um, I think. The situation right now is, I don't think, as a, as a fan of, of the team, of Barca, I understand that, you know, we need, there, it, there's going to come a time that we need to start moving on from Leo and start focusing more on the future of the club. And, but I think the hardest part about this is not is not the fact that, oh, we won't succeed without him because we have a golden generation coming up, but more the fact that we won't see him in the in the jersey ever again. Or that uh, that it's just gone, like just like that. It's gonna end, and then we're gonna see him in another jersey, competing against us on the yeah. European level, which is just something that hurts so much to see. It's something that has been caused because of the the new La Liga financial fair play rules mm-hmm. that have been put into place by Tebas. Um, a lot of people are blaming this on La Porta. I really don't want to. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna cover this for a second. I just. I want. I don't want people to be blaming Laporta for something that's really not his fault at all. Laporta, all Laporta did is look out for the club. Yeah, he's looking out for the future of the club because that's beyond. Messi has two years left at a top top level max. Uh, uh-huh. So uh, Laporta needs to be looking for the needs to be looking out for the club for future generations, not just for Messi, because this one deal can end up messing us messing us up over for generations to come. And not only that, but it won't allow Messi to have a team around him that can really compete for the Champions League, which is what he wants. Mm. Laporta couldn't sign off on the CBC deal because, yes, it would allow us to renew his contract, but it would make us forfeit all the money we make off of sponsorships to La Liga Mm. for, I believe, uh, 40 to 50 years, which is just absurd and crazy, and it'll end up, and it'll end up, Losing us even more money than what we're getting out of. Um, now this brings us back to our first ever episode, where we talk about Florentino. Mm-hmm. Florentino proves that, proves to us that he was right about this, and yeah. a lot of people who still haven't realized need to open up their eyes and realize that Florentino has had a point, and that he was right about where football is heading. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I completely agree with you with everything that, I mean, these new La Liga financial fair play rules have impacted these clubs dramatically, right? So 
what what I know from my club is that when these rules got set into play, I think it was last year due to COVID, um, Madrid had to get rid of a, of a lot of players. For example, two two players that a lot of the you know the club that I wanted to keep that were playing a really really good level, Hakimi and um, Rilon. They were going to be the, the stars. They were going to be the future. But due to like the fine the finances, we just couldn't keep the players. We couldn't support the players. Uh, keep their salaries. We had to let them go, and unfortunately, um, I guess Madrid didn't see fair that you know the CVC deal was, you know, it it didn't see fair that Tebas accepted this deal without um, asking the clubs first or things like that. So, you know, all all of this uh, CVC deal and this messy thing and the financial fair plays sort of happening all all overnight. And one thing I do have to point out about Laporta, I mean, there's li- almost literally nothing that Laporta could do. Um, it's not it's not Laporta's wrongdoing that Messi's not renewing with the club. It's just simply that the state of the club that was put in before he even came into office. But I feel like um, Laporta is really facing reality right now because mm-hmm. Laporta... One of his main, main points in the candidential uh, elections was that he was going to renew Messi. He was going to um, keep Messi at the club, sign, sign, sign a contract at uh, the club so he could stay for maybe two or three years and then uh, leave and work at the club. But now, you know, now that he promised all these socios that, you know, Messi was going to stay at the club and he won those elections, you know, mainly because he used Leo Messi as the image of his pres- presidential election, I can see why a lot of uh, fans would be annoyed or a lot of Barca fans would be annoyed at Laporta, especially Jorge Messi, for example, which is uh, Leo Messi's uh, agent and father, uh, reportedly that Jorge Messi was very, very mad that Laporta, you know, had a promise. And yeah, of course, this um, this contract was agreed. Everything was agreed. But if you're... You, you have to keep a promise, and although maybe it wasn't a correct promise, I feel like Laporta, in a way, used Leo Messi yeah. to win to win the elections. Mm. I'm not saying it's it's a terrible thing to do because I mean, I guess what he saw possible, but what he said was, "I don't care what you do, I don't care what anybody does. We're going to renew Leo Messi." And the people who did know about the numbers didn't did know about the math. Said Laporta, "We can't do this. Uh, like we just don't have the money for it." And Laporta said, yes, yes, do what you have to do, do what you have to do. And when they told him, okay, you have to let go of this player, this player, this player, those players, those players, which I could say a lot of names right now, just said, you know what? No, I want to I wanna keep my salary. I want to keep, I don't want to uh, lower my wage more than 50%, which maybe they had to lower it by 60% or 70%. And there are these, these players that cannot stay at Barcelona anymore. They cannot be at the club anymore. And like you said, I agree with you that there's a golden generation coming for Barcelona, but it's still going to be very, very hard to yeah to get rid of of this uh, Messi dependency or, or um, re- relying on Messi. I know Barca can do it because Barca did very well, or you know did pretty well without Messi, and they'll do well without uh, without Messi now. Obviously, they had this golden period where Messi was you know alongside Ronaldo, the best player in the world. And La Liga will lose a lot of credibility uh, now after all the stars are gone. Now, the face of La Liga will probably be um, Benzema, Luis Suarez. And yeah, sure, they're great players. But now, uh, Barcelona is losing a lot of uh, credibility, 
maybe a lot of sponsors, maybe lose uh, some money, uh, La Liga. And at the end of the day, La Liga ruined itself, putting these financial fair play rules. And maybe it's not ethical to waste so much money on a player, on a salary. But if La Liga wanted to, you know, keep gaining as much money or keep, you know, being a good league, a competitive league, they needed to keep Ronaldo. They needed to keep Ramos. They needed to keep uh, Neymar. They needed to keep Messi. And now, uh, for example, El Clásico. It used to be one of the most watched uh, games in the world because all the stars are playing. And now, although both teams are amazing, now, I mean, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, uh, fans that, for example, Manchester United fans, Chelsea fans, City fans, that won't be watching that game, which before they did. Now they won't be mm-hmm. watching that game. So, yeah. I feel like La Liga messed itself up. Uh, La Porta should have, I guess, been a little bit more ca- careful with the money and, you know, focused a little bit more before putting out a promise that, yeah, Messi's going to stay. And at the end of the day, it's just, I think... Bad on bad decisions on all parts of the spectrum. Yeah, I agree. Also, um, we also got to remember Laporta, obviously, uh, coming into office, uh, one of the main things in his campaign was promising, was promising uh, the Messi's renewal. But at the yeah. same time, but at the same time, uh, he was pro- promising Messi's renewal and the rebuild of the club, which was very much needed after Bartomeu's presidency. Mm-hmm. Uh, this didn't. This wasn't just a, a a promise with nothing behind it because you know Font was promising the same thing. Freja, the other candidates were also promising the same thing because it was what the club needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, pe- this was coming off of trust because the club had seen him do it before. He's done it before uh, yeah. back in his first term. But the difference was, I think, in this scenario was we're coming off of COVID. Value of players are just completely down, and the players that we did want to get rid of just had no value mm-hmm. back then. Uh, we got rid of our big players. We got rid of Ronaldinho. They throw after. You know, we we had players with value to get rid of. Now the players are trying to get rid of our Piani, Kumtiti. Just players that bring very little money into the club, and I think that's what ended up uh, messing up, messing us up over and not allowing to renew Messi. Yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you a question. You know, knowing that you're that you're a, a Barca fan. Uh, I I know for sure that that this Barca will thrive, but now that Messi is gone, how do you think that, for example, Kuman will have to deal with the situation? Do you think that the lineup that he will have to change the the system that they were playing? Because I know they were playing three back. Um, do you think that the system will change, or do you think he'll have he'll, for example, putting Griezmann to cover Messi's role? Well, I think I don't think anyone can truly cover Messi's roles, and yeah, I think right. and I think after after so many years of playing around him, it will take some time to get used. So it will get some, take some time to adapt and fully understand the new system. Um, mm-hmm. I think Koma is facing a challenge right now where he has to adapt completely and face a completely different challenge because having a player like Messi on your team is 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 just not compared to anything. So now Koma needs yeah. to take a look at the players he has around, which I think is a very good group of players, yeah. and see what system will fit better what, or fit best for the players he has. He yeah. he still has it's a team that's just full of a lot of youngsters, a lot of potential. He has a lot of not only that, but a lot of experienced players that can bring a lot to the team, like Jordi, Piqué, who maybe not so much on the field, but maybe outside the field in the locker room, and Busquets. And then also you have 
other star players like Antoine Griezmann, who in his day before making his move to Barca, uh, was regarded as one of the best in the world, sometimes even compared along to uh, Messi and Ronaldo. Obviously not all the time, but at the moment right. in mm-hmm. his time. And obviously now with the pie, it just brings a lot of options to Coleman. I think Coleman will have it a lot easier than if he were to do this a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It's still a, a challenge that presents itself, and I think he'll handle it well, uh, considering I consider him an amazing manager. But yes. I think he has the right players, uh, the right pieces at hand, a good president in the board, and the confidence of the board behind him to to succeed with this team. Uh, yeah, I this 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 new Barcelona group. I feel like, sorry, this new Barcelona. Group, it's it's very young. Like it, it's really good balance between uh, a young group of players with experienced players, um, and I feel like there will be some players that, with Messi's departure. And with the departure of players like, for example, Umtiti or Pjanic, or now that uh, Junior Firpo left, there will be a lot of players from the academy, for example, that will get the chance. And sure, maybe Barcelona doesn't win anything this season. I don't think Barcelona should even be worried about winning something mm-hmm. this season. Obviously, you have to you know, keep being competitive, keep being um, a team that scares rivals, obviously. And Barcelona, I feel, will always be that team. But I feel like this season... Like Real Madrid had to do when when Ronaldo left, I feel like it's gonna be their their golden opportunity to finally set their young players in this into this new into this brand brand new team brand new refer, refurbished team. So for example, Ricky Puj, uh, two seasons ago two seasons ago is when he started playing a little bit more. Uh, last season with Kuman coming in. Maybe he didn't have a lot of trust, but Ricky Puch could now start uh, playing a little bit more now that Pjanic is gone. And Ricky Puch may be the second or the third uh, starting center mid. Um, so, um, yeah, I feel like this this Barcelona team, it's going to be hard for them to, to adjust to Messi. Because, I mean, with with Messi, it was just so, so easy to, to win games, to, um, you know... It was so easy to rely on him because you knew he he could you know make something out of nothing. He could do things that that made the the other teams scared, that made the other teams uh, you know frightened. And now Barcelona will need to find that player that that they can use a, as a referencia, for example. Because say for example, Messi would have left and Neymar and Suarez would have stayed here. It would have been a total sit, a different situation. Um, Neymar. Would have you know taken a little bit over the reins, or Luis Suarez could have been that referencia that, that that the whole team was looking for. But right now, I mean, right now I f- I feel like the star man next season is is gonna is gonna be Griezmann. My point, and I made this point uh, uh, a, a a lot of years ago, when when he first com- came in, well not a lot of years, but two years ago, I said that that Griezmann would struggle to come into this into this Barcelona team simply because Messi and him play such similar roles. I'm not comparing that quality in Messi, uh, the quality of Messi and Griezmann because, I mean, they're both great players and they both have, I guess, different abilities and different ways of playing. But essentially, they play sort of the same role, right? So Griezmann, when he plays Atletico or when he plays at France, he can play up top, but he can always come back, drop, and ask for the ball. So... Yes, he's sort of like an, a false nine. He could be considered a, a ten. He's always in the positions that he he knows he can make a lot of damage. He can get into those little spaces. 
he can create space for players like, for example, Mbappe or Benzema now, or um, here in Barca, he's going to make a lot of space, for example, for Depay or even for Dembele that hopefully recovers soon. So Griezmann will have an amazing season. And although I don't feel like Griezmann is going to be the new Messi because there's not going to be a new Messi at, Bar- at Barcelona, at least not yet. At least we haven't seen it. But Griezmann will have to you know, take responsibility of becoming this team that this team looks for, look, you know, looks for inspiration when they're oh, 1-0 down. Griezmann has to come up with something special. He can, uh, you know, connect the play between the midfield and the attack. And Griezmann will be very, very important due to, the, you know, having similar role to Messi. And now he can finally be that role in, in, this, in this new Barcelona team. I completely, I completely agree with you. Um, we've seen Griezmann be that star, man. We've seen him be that for France and, and Atletico. And I think he can be it for Barca. I just think he 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 requires the the confidence from Kuman to do it. And not yeah, only that, mainly, been, yeah, mainly that. Yeah, that too. Not only that, but I've been saying this to you for a lot for some time now. I feel like him and the Pagan have a really good uh relationship together, on and mm. off the field. I feel like they're gonna have uh they're gonna be a really they're gonna play really good. Together. I don't know why. I just have a really good feeling about it, and the preseason has proven it. To say the least, so yeah, like you said, Griezmann is a very complete player. Coming to Barca, he became a little bit even more complete because Atletico he was more of the counter-attacking striker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now coming at Barca, he kind of played a different role. Uh, he yeah. adapted and he kind of became uh, sort of a of a, of a real false nine. And mm-hmm. he not only is he a goal scoring threat now, but he's an assisting threat. He's really good at. Uh, reading the lines and finding good passes to play into uh, into the the forwards and to find goals. And we saw this past season where he got over 10 assists, I believe. Mm-hmm. And seeing now seeing now him seeing him now lined up alongside the pie up front where he can not only get the goals but also just set up the pie who's an amazing goal scorer as well and playmaker. It's yeah. just I'm really excited to see. And then on top of that Ansu Fati when he comes back from injury is just yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to see how how Ansu Fati uh gets transitioned into this team. Uh, hopefully, Ansu F- uh, Kuman gives him confidence, gives him confidence so he can start. Also, I wanted to to raise um you know an an ironic point, an ironic statement here. So last year, we all know the the famous Budofax that happened with Bartomeu and Messi. Um, so it's amazing how last year. Messi wanted to leave. Messi, it was like he had it clear that he wanted to leave, and that well, he threatened Bartomeu, and it was sort of like a strategy, right? That that he said, "Oh, I'm leaving," and then um, Bartomeu had to leave. Last year, he wanted to leave, and at the end, he stayed. And this year, we all know because in the statement, in the official statement, it said that you know they had come to an agreement. The only problem was the the financial situation. They had come to an agreement, so he wanted to stay, and now he had to he had to go. He basically had to. I don't want to say kicked out because he wasn't kicked out. It was um, it was just unlucky. It was um, I guess, yeah, unlucky in, in the whole situation. Now, a lot of a lot of people started asking, where is Messi gonna go? Messi could either go to Manchester City. Well, first, I mean, who who are the real teams? Who are the realistic teams that he could go to? And the realistic teams that that could afford him, basically, because yes, he's gonna be on a free, but I mean, his salary, his suficha. It, it's very expensive. It's very, very expensive. So, the realistic clubs, uh, Chelsea, 
one, but um, well, now that we now we know that Romelu Lukaku is gonna go there for 135 million, which I mean it's a great uh, signing. We'll talk about that in a later episode. Then it could be City could with with Pep Guardiola, but now they signed Jack Grealish with, for 113 million, which we talked about in our last episode, which we thought was pretty unnecessary. And um, it, it's it's. It's been talked about that, I mean, most likely that Kane could go to, to City. So, it leaves one club, and that is the infamous PSG. And last year, last year, a lot of people were saying, yeah, he's going to go to City, oh, he's going to go to PSG. And at, you know, at this point, it's, he has to go to one of, one of the two. Now that we've, you know, with process of elimination, we've realized that PSG is the only one left. Messi coming in, you know, they have to pay him a lot of money. They have to uh, give him the salary that he needs, that he wants. One player needs to leave. One player, one player with 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 <laughs> a high with a high pay, with a high rise, needs to leave. And hmm, okay, let's think. So Neymar looks pretty happy at the club now that Messi's coming. He'll be happier. And he renewed. And he renewed. Um, Di Maria looks also pretty happy at the club and he's been doing very well and um does this player I, I think he like you know he's a fan of madrid he's said you know he's come out that oh maybe he does want to lead this this new also uh renewed real madrid team kilian mbappe is this florentino denies the cvc deal with that without the cvc nah. deal <laughs> listen listen without the cvc deal without the cvc deal uh uh, but uh, Laporta cannot renew Messi. Messi has to go to has to go to PSG. PSG has to release one player. It's coming home. Oh wait, no, no, no. That that. Nah, but nah, nah. Oh, I, I'm I'm sure that that that, that Florentino Perez and Laporta uh, obviously rejected that CBC deal for for different mm-hmm. for you know for the same different reason. But you know, yes, Mbappe is gonna leave, but this PSG team is yeah. looking. Is looking True. very, 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 very threat threatening. Um, a lot of people have been asking how PSG would play, and I think I have it quite clear. If you, you give me the chance of giving my lineup, and then you could put your lineup. Oh, I wasn't ready for this. I'll wrap my up while you go. Right, I have to. You know, I have to quick fire these questions, Paul. You have to be ready. Let's okay. go, lad. So obviously, um. Donnarumma in goal because Keylor Navas. Look, Keylor Navas is one of the most disrespected players of of you know this generation. Considering he's been kicked out of two clubs, well, he hasn't kicked, been kicked out of PSG. But I mean, with Donnarumma coming in, it's almost very very likely that Donnarumma will be number one. So Donnarumma in goal. Then I feel like they will play th- uh, three back. They'll play Kimpembe, Marquinhos, and Ramos. Hakimi on the right because Hakimi is not a a a set right back. He's obviously a, a right mid, uh, a right back. We saw Inter with, with Antonio Conte's, uh, Antonio's con- uh, Antonio Conte's success at the club simply because they played three back and, you know, Hakimi could exploit a lot. He could get to the final final third and he did a lot, lot of damage, especially with, you know, two monster strikers up top as Lukaku and Lautaro Martinez. On the left, on the left is where PSG will have to, will have to make a decision. Yeah, obviously Bernat and Kurosawa are there, but PSG, I feel like, if they want to actually, actually, actually want to compete 
and I want to have a full solid team, I feel like realistically they'll need to get uh, Teo Hernandez. Ooh. Teo Hernandez. Obviously, AC Milan will not, you know, let him go for free. Let him go for less than fifty million because he's probably one of the best fullbacks in the world right now. Surprising he didn't get called up to the France squad. But um, with Teo Hernandez at left wing back, that can is also very fast, very solid at the back, but very attacking, very good at putting those crosses in. Verratti and Wijnaldum in the midfield with Leo Paredes or Gay or um, Danilo being there as replacements or being there to you know to rotate. Um, it's very very solid midfield, and then up top, I feel like it has to be Di Maria, Neymar, and Messi. Yeah. What I think could be uh, a a challenge for this PSG team is gonna be the times where they don't have an actual number nine. We we've seen Messi, we've seen Messi play in teams that don't have a, a number nine. He's been the number nine. He's been the false number nine, and maybe they'll have to put in Icardi and then Neymar and Messi could play a little bit behind him. So they could have an actual number nine. Or at the end, Pochettino might just say, you know what? Let's just put Messi. He can play wherever he wants and hopefully he scores. Like, <laughs> things like that. But, I mean, go on, lad. I'll give you the chance to talk because I've been blabbering all, all this time. Uh, You're good. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, the team is really... It's pretty obvious the team is going to be playing. But, um, right, so I'll just go with my team. So goalie, Gigi Donnarumma. And then I go with, I'm going with a three-back slash five-back, whatever you want to consider it. But the center, center, the center, center back, a quote-unquote, uh, is actually going to be a libero playing more as a, a more advanced center back, maybe as a CDM. Okay. Right, because right. He, he has played here for PSG before. Just oh, to yeah. allow some more freedom. So I'd put Marquinhos there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Ramos, yeah. Kipembe as the two of the center backs. Right wing back, Hakimi. Left wing back, as you said, this is PSG's obvious weak spot, but mm-hmm. I I feel like will they be able to free up the space with uh, selling Mbappe? It's uh, I I don't know. I just find I just find that the Hernandez uh, purchase pretty complicated. I'm not gonna lie, especially yeah. after after he renewed recently with AC Milan, and also because it's so close to the to the season. That too. I just I just find it really hard for them to buy him with, within this transfer window. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe uh, during. The winter one, or maybe even next transfer window, but for this one, I find it very hard. So here, you can obviously go with Bernard or so. I just put a Paredes because he can play as a fullback, and I feel like he's just better than these other two players. It, right. it can't. It, it's probably a very stupid move, but don't knock it till you try it. So mm-hmm. they can try it. He's a very good solid player defensively. He'll add a lot to the back. Yeah, that's and true. So you know, you know, you can. It doesn't hurt to try, especially after having such an attacking team in mm-hmm. the midfield and then going forward. So in the middle, uh, Gini Wijnaldum and Verratti, and then up top the same front three: Neymar, Messi, and Di Maria. Yeah, so I mean, we basically have the same thing except for uh, basically. Also, one thing that they could do, which France sort of did, is they could play with a four back, which I think would limit Hakimi a little bit, mm-hmm. but would you know give a little bit more balance in the midfield. They could play four back, and then have Kim Pepe play a, a left back. He has done it before. He's done it before. Uh, I don't. I don't think that if this team really wants to have a lot of you know dynamic uh, attack, I don't. I feel. I don't feel like Kim Pepe is that type of player because 
originally he is a center back. Although even if he can't play left back, it doesn't mean that he's gonna apport the same thing that other players might do, like Paredes, yeah. like you said. Um, so, I mean, if you know uh, an injury happens or if at the end they can't buy any left back or Paredes is injured or, or whatever, they could obviously go go for this. A lot of people were saying that if this team, you know, with a lot of these stars, doesn't win the the Champions League, it will be a a disappointment. It oh, will for be, sure. It for would sure. be yeah. It would be a terrible, terrible season. If look, it's almost as as if they should go unbeaten in the league. Obviously, oh, easily. Obviously, a lot of these, uh, for example, Lyon, Monaco, uh, Lille, especially. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of these strong teams, but I mean, PSG should not even be compared to these teams, especially with the money that they have. Like for example, they already lost their first their first game this season. They lost against Lille in the Supercopa. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of, of their star players, but you should still be able to beat Lille, which Lille, I mean, it had some 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 of their some of their star players, but at the end of the day, you're PSG. You have to be the best if you want to be the best team in France, if you want to be the best team in no, if you want to be the best team in, in Europe in the world, you have to be the best team in France. And yeah. you just proved that you're not. So look, if if PSG really want to be you know smart and they want to be a threat like you know they they've been a lot of times they have to prove in their own country first in their own league that they're the best. If if not, I don't feel like they they should be named the best team in the world. Yeah. Yeah, basically, can you imagine PSG just wasting all this money just to beat Lille? In the league. It's ridiculous. Also, uh, one thing. This, like, like you said, this also brings brings up the question about Superliga, and although we might not agree with the Superliga as a tournament or as as a way for football fans, we do have to agree with with the with what Florentino was saying about this whole financial fair play situation. For example, in La Liga, which is not being put the same for, for example, Manchester City or PSG or Chelsea, who you know, before the 2000s, they basically had, I don't want to say no history, but they had no history. Yeah. Like, these clubs have been injected with money by, you know, very rich owners. And, I mean, they've, you know, money doesn't win you titles. Although it may seem like it, the players do. And sure, the club and the manager, they all put in their part and they all worked. But the fact that UEFA isn't, doesn't care about Man City wasting, I don't know how, we, we talked about it last episode, like 918 million euros on transfers. Like, they don't care. They don't want to investigate. They don't want to, they just say, oh, yeah, we'll just give you like a, a 30,000 30, euro, uh, euro fine. That, that's not going to make them stop doing this. You know, there has to be more, more, I guess, important consequences put into these teams. So, yeah. is... Is Florentino Perez ruining football? No. Is he doing? Is he trying to save it? Yeah. Is he? Is he doing it in the right way? I don't think so. The ideas or the concept of him trying to, I guess, get separate from UEFA. I I I understand that. I I get that. Yeah. I yeah. We've seen this again. Literally, ever since the the Superliga episode, ever since that Superliga. Thing happened there where the whole situation, the, the world went crazy. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, 
we ever, ever since I it's only been a few months and we've already seen how corrupt UEFA and FIFA are. Mm. It, like even just in a short amount of time, we've seen how how they've basically how corrupt they've been. Como PSG and City waste all this money and it, it goes by and they just don't do anything about it. They just let it happen because at the end of the day, that's what they are. They're just a money-hungry club, I mean, uh, organization. As long as money's being brought in, that's all they care about. Mm. Uh, I feel like this, we go back to the to the, to the the La Liga financial fair play. It's a bit unfair for clubs like us owned by socios. Yeah. Uh, these rules are supposedly meant to stop the... The, the like the big teams quote unquote quote unquote big teams from overruling or overtaking the smart teams and just creating such a huge gap between them, but it's not clubs like ours that are creating this problem because right. our money is being generated through the trophies we win, it, the amount of people we attract to our games, to our, the in our stadiums, and everything. All like the that. sponsors we attract, exactly stuff like this. And it's not mm. by injecting money that we never deserve. PSD, yeah. they haven't earned this money. They haven't done anything to earn this money. Yeah, City, City haven't done anything to earn this money. It, mm-hmm. Chelsea could make an argument for it, but until they started injecting money, they weren't even a big club. Mm-hmm. These are the clubs running football, not clubs like ours who are using the money we've earned for the stuff we want. So, yeah, they need to take another look at that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And the thing that, 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 that really annoys me a little bit is that I guess Tebas is trying to make this more of a fair league, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. So he wants to put the big teams or the big organizations uh, a little bit more level with the smaller organizations. So like I guess it doesn't make it too unfair. But at the end of the day, if you want to make a, an interesting league, a competitive league, you have to let these big organizations waste the money that, they, that they've generated. You get me? And yeah. although a lot of teams, like, for example, Barcelona, that's in a, a huge debt, they can pay it. But there's there's going to be times where Teos is going to say, yeah, sure, you can pay it, but you can't do this or you can't do that. And it's it's very um, it's very unfair for, for, for the teams, like like we said, like, like that we generated that money. For example, a lot of people have been giving United a lot of stick for, um, I guess criticizing Manchester City or Chelsea or PSG for wasting so much money. And then they're like, oh, wait, but you've wasted a lot of money too. Right. They've wasted a lot of money. And has success come with the money? No, not really. Not these past seven years. But it's true that United has earned this money, has generated this money. United has mm-hmm. probably the third or the fourth biggest fan base in the whole world. In the for whole sure. world. Uh, same with, for example, Liverpool. That Liverpool, sure, they wasted a lot of money on, for example, Van Dijk. But after after Van Dijk or Salah or or uh, Firmino or even Mane, they signed. They won a league. They won a Champions League. They won X amount of trophies. And with this money that they've generated, that's fair. And obviously, if Premier League gave these these uh, Premier League teams an actual fair play, financial fair play rule, it would have been you know a total disaster for the for the whole uh, for the whole league. But why do you think that the Premier League is probably the most interesting um, interesting league right now? It's because they have the big names. They have a more. If if Tebas wants to make wants to make a fair a fair uh, a fair league or an interesting league, he should look at the Premier League, which teams like like we looked like Aston Villa that are are wasting a lot of money can beat Liverpool. They can beat Manchester City, 
And in that case, Chelsea can go top of the league. Or Chelsea, when they're about to win the league, they can lose to a team like Burnley. And then Manchester United beat... Like, you, you see what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. Like, the, the money that they've generated has been put into big-name players. And these big-name players are playing in a big-name league. And hence why it's a big-name league. So, Tebas, I guess, is, is sort of has the right idea. Like, for example, Florentino Perez. He, they have the right ideas. Just that the way that they executed these, you know, these ideas, it has been completely, completely in the wrong. Yeah, and also Tebas, the thing with Tebas is the way he's looking at it is, oh, if I limit these bigger teams to more, uh, the more it'll make the t- it'll make the league more fair, mm-hmm. more even, and uh, by making it more fair and even, it allows the weaker teams to have a chance at the league or. Or or to compete for champions. At the same time, players from other clubs and other countries be less attractive to your league in a sense. Like how do okay, so take let's take Bundesliga for example. What makes Bundesliga Bundesliga or even League One a weak mm-hmm. league? That there's one club dominating constantly. Now why is this? Because all the top players are in that are in that uh club. Why don't other top players go to the other clubs? Because they know that these teams have been dominating for so many years that there's no point and wasting their careers just mm-hmm. to compete with the big with the big dog with all the money or whatever or with that wins all the trophies so with right. winning all these trophies comes all the money with it so now these clubs are left with nothing mm-hmm. then now we go to la liga what if what makes la liga what would make la liga so big what would make it bigger if uh if there wasn't these uh these financial fair play well i'll tell you what happened la liga eh, madrid and barça start making their way back up and mm-hmm. so atletico with that comes uh, the uh, domestic, but not not only domestic, but um, uh, European the European success. With European right. success, people are gonna see this is the biggest seed. Time you're gonna see Barca Madrid, Barca Madrid winning the Champions League. People are gonna be saying, obviously, this is the biggest seed. I want to go there and compete. With this, Atleti, the Atleticos, the Sevilla, they start getting bigger. With these smaller teams and the Betis, uh, the 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 smaller teams getting bigger than the A bars and the smallest teams start getting bigger because they start attracting. Big, uh, more, more talents like we saw with Aston Villa. They're not the biggest club. Mm. Uh, they finished eleventh, a mid-table team, but they're attracting talents like Wendia, Leon Bailey, big talents, talents that could play at a bigger club. But these mm. talents rather play at a, at a, at a, uh, at a mid-table Premier League club than a third-place team in Bundesliga or a third or second-place uh, team in Ligue 1 because mm. you want that competition. You don't right. want to just be dominated by this one top team. Yeah, for sure. Um and now that well now that they've put these financial fair play rules, um and you know Barca and Real Madrid haven't had such great success in the in the competition in the European competition so far. Um, think about it. From two thousand ten or two thousand eleven, Europe was dominated, absolutely dominated by by Spanish teams. They've proven that Spain has a lot, a lot, a lot of um, of strength, a lot of big name players, a lot of big talents. So, for example, in in the European in the European European competitions, you know, Champions League and Europa League, like from you know 2009, then maybe not 2010, and uh, except for 2012, but 2011, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. The past 
you know, the past, I guess, 10, 12 years, Spain has dominated. And how do we know that Spain has dominated? We saw this in the FIFA, in the FIFA Pro uh, for, all, again, almost the past 10, uh, 10 years. Uh, La Liga, so Barca, Madrid, Atleti, they all dominated in the best 11 of the world for that year. We saw, we, we saw that Bar- uh, Barca and Madrid were both always at the top level. They were all always getting to semifinals, winning finals, getting to finals. And then, you know, these, these, Premier, League, these Premier League fans or Premier League teams uh, are like, oh, but the Prem is the, best, is the best league in the world. Look, I don't doubt that in, com- in how competitive it is or how, um, how do you say, I guess how even and com- uh-huh. yeah, competitive it is. Sure, yeah. it's more entertaining. It's hundred percent. I much rather, like I myself, much rather watch, for example, an Aston Villa versus uh, Burnley, for example. If I had to, if I had to choose between, Wait, no. Wait. no, 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 listen, listen. Oh, okay, okay. Think about. Would you rather watch uh, an Alaves versus Wesca or no, an Aston or an Aston yeah. Villa Burnley? I'd rather watch Villa. Right, right. But it's. It's 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 what we're talking about. It's the the whole of the league, the competitiveness of the league versus the quality of the teams in the league. Yeah. With with Tebas taking this aside, uh, not taking this aside, putting in these financial fair play rules, he's trying to make the the quality of the league more fair, but it's getting weaker. Because mm-hmm. now, uh, we've seen this in the past, or in the past, this past uh, La Liga season, how the problem for Madrid and for Barca. Was literally the bottom half of 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 the what's it called of the league. Um, for example, Cadiz, Madrid lost versus Cadiz, um, Barca lost against Cadiz. Um, where before Barca and Madrid would beat these teams 11 0, 11-2, 5-0, 6-0. and yeah, we see the odd game that you know Benzema scores a hat trick, Messi scores a hat trick. That's quality and whatever. But. It's it's proven to show how Tebas is weakening these stronger teams like Madrid, like Barca, like Atleti, and making them as even as these lower teams, like for example, like Huesca or yeah, teams like that. Although I have to I have to admit, La Liga has some very very good very good teams that are mid table yeah. that are not taken into consideration, like Villarreal, Real Betis, eh, Sevilla, Atletic Club, uh, Valencia. You know these 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 teams are good, just that it's not getting the same recognition as team, for example, like Aston Villa, which in an Aston Villa Valencia, most people would watch for um, Aston Villa, for example, whereas Valencia more might have more quality than than Aston Villa. At at the end of the day, the Premier League is gonna hit a, a very high peak. I, I feel like in the next five or ten years, it's gonna hit a very high peak. It's gonna be the the center of of. Of, of football, it's going to be a very, very strong league. It's going to be probably the, the strongest league, uh, with no doubt. And now, what what happens with La Liga? La Liga will have to change something. If if um, La Liga wants, wants more recognition, players like Haaland will have to join. Players like Mbappe will have to join. And yeah, right now, um, it's looking very, very, you know, very, very difficult for big name players to join the league because, like you said, La Liga is not, you know, you don't, 
you don't dream of playing in La Liga. You dream of playing in Barca or Madrid. Yeah. But for example, for us, yeah, we dream of playing with Barca and Madrid. But we 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 care, for example, of playing in a competitive league, in in a in a strong league. You might love, for example, a team like Inter Miami, but your dream is to play in Europe. You, yeah. you don't go to Inter and you say, okay, I'm done here. No, no, you want to play in, in Europe. Where do you want to play? Right. At first, you might play. You're, you're playing anywhere. But once you become an established name, you're going to say, oh, why, why, why would I care about going to Bundesliga? Why, would I, why do I want to go to, for example, a team like Wolfsburg? If you, once you become like an established name, that's very, very yeah. And you, you're getting offers. Why would I want to go to Wolfsburg? Why would I want to go to a team like, for example, uh, Nantes in France? Or why do I want to go to a team uh, like, uh, for example, a team like in Italy, like Sassuolo? Why would I want to go to a team like that? I, I want, I'd rather go to a team like Burnley. But I know that Burnley is in a quality league that I'm playing against quality teams. Uh, and it's going up. This league is, is, is nothing proving. And it's because it, they're giving freedom to these top clubs as well as the weaker clubs to, you know, improve with the league. So as these weaker teams uh, evolve, stronger teams evolve, and the league evolves, and now everybody's happy. The whole the whole premise is amazing. And for example, I like a a, a championship a, a championship uh, playoff. I think a lot more people might watch a Champions League playoff rather than a Copa del Rey final yeah. nowadays. Nowadays, for example, because back then you watch a, a Copa del Rey final, a Madrid Barca, poof, and it's it's at the same level, for example, as an Europa League final or even an FA Cup final or yeah. things like that. But now you watch a, for example, a, an Atletico, an Atletico, like I said, Valencia, the club. Now a lot of people won't start watching it, and the views will will go down, and the money will not generate. So at the end of the day, it's a domino effect, completely, completely domino effect. Although I do, although I do agree with you on that, I think there should be a limit as to no, how much course. money yeah, these yeah. top clubs can. Because at the same time, because then then we're just gonna start seeing teams winning by by a landslide. Like we've seen City some of these past years. No, 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 a hundred percent. And but I agree honestly, with you with with what you said. Yeah, yeah, 100%. These teams need some sort of rules. Like, they just can't be spending everything because, I mean, it would just be, it just became a big in, uh, a, a big gap between the top six clubs yeah. uh, and the lower league clubs. It's, it's obviously, like, obviously there needs to be uh, rules, yeah. but it's true that, look, right now they're doing very good in the Premier League um, because City, for example, will always no matter how much money they spend, and we've seen it before, they'll always have a challenge. They'll always have, um, you know, they, they'll, they'll struggle against United. They'll struggle against Chelsea. They struggle, they'll struggle between themselves. But now, Madrid and Barca don't have, well, don't have an established big six, for example. It's always been a big three. It's always been Atletico, Madrid, and Barca. Yeah. And Tebas wants a big six, wants a big ten. But he's not making the the weaker teams stronger. He's making the smaller teams, uh, the bigger teams weaker. And I feel like if he wants for the league to improve, if he wants to get more money, if he wants to generate more money, which is, I guess, I mean, it's basically what he wants. He he wants to uh, generate more viewership. He needs to let the teams with money spend the money. And I'm not saying like, okay, I'm going to spend so much money on 
this or whatever. Obviously, you have to be smart about it because when Bartomeu had um, uh, what's it called, freedom, yeah. he didn't use it. He didn't use it correctly. But for example, if Laporta was there when he had freedom, he could have rebuilt the club in an instant. For example, he would have already bought Haaland. He would have already bought you know these important big name players. But now I feel like maybe Laporta did come in a, in a difficult time where um, mm-hmm. where he was very limited and like we said, he made he made a a, a promise and it wasn't that that he couldn't complete the promise. It was that he wasn't let. Yeah, he wasn't allowed. Yeah. So it's 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 a tough situation. It is a tough situation. Sad to see. Also, I wanna let's move away a little bit from this. I actually wanna talk about this one transfer because we both Perfect. have a lot of we both have a lot of praise for this player. We right. both admire him a lot, mm-hmm. and he is very underappreciated. And it is uh, Bernardo Silva who is linked to Atletico. Yeah. Uh, cool. So what do you think a player like Bernardo Bernardo Silva would bring to an Atletico side? Um, I feel like Bernardo Silva is an amazing player and was heavily undervalued at Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Um, he came and he did very, very well um, in City. He was, every time that he played, I think he, he uh, what's it called? He delivered. And now, you know, with the signing of Jack Grealish, somebody has to go. And, you know, we mentioned last episode that they had so much team depth that a player like Bernardo Silva is not going to hurt, um, you know, City. Him leaving will not hurt Manchester City. It won't. Yeah. But considering that maybe they're not asking, uh, maybe I don't know how how much Atletico is 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 gonna you know ask uh, buy for him or ask. But Bernardo Silva could could bring a lot to this Atletico Madrid side. Um, he could he could also almost play sort of the the Griezmann type role that he played with Atletico. In the sense, not that not that he's gonna play a striker. He's not. He's not gonna be the main man. He's be the star, but he could definitely bring a lot of versatility in the attack. For example, the one player that I could compare him to, for example, is Angel Correa. That he wait, 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 before you go, on, I think it's important to, that you emphasize that Griezmann went went with Diego Costa. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very true. Which also brings me to another transfer, yeah. which I'll mention very very quickly. And we both had in mind, uh, in mind, I think, um, if Lautaro Martinez comes into, into into Atletico Madrid, which I've I've seen him linked a lot, and with Inter side sort of crumbling down a little bit, uh-huh. he wants a, a a transfer to to Atletico. So imagine this: Bernardo, Bernardo Silva, Joe Felix, uh, Angel Correa, even Luis Suarez, Marcos Llorente. This Atletico team is, you know, building, building very, very well. Uh, I I want to uh, like. If they get these tra- transfers done, I feel like they're going to win the, the league again. They could win the league again. Yeah. They could go very, very far in the Champions League. And this Bernardo Silva team, like I said, will bring a lot of versatility to attack. Like Angel Correa, for example, because Bernardo Silva can play at, on the left. He can play on the right. He can play down the middle. He can, you know, drop a little bit, uh, help help the fullbacks. You know, he's very... Um, we saw this in the Euros as well. Yeah. He has very good passing ability. He has very good distribution. And with players like Luis Suarez, Lautaro Martinez potentially, even Joao Felix or even Angel Correa that know how to read the game, that know how to play in this Atletico team side, I feel like it could apport a lot, a lot to, to, to this Atletico, Atletico Madrid side. And if they get in for the right price, I feel like um, Man City would have let go a very, very good player and Atletico Madrid would have probably signed a very, very good player as well. Yeah. The season that really stands out for me for uh, from Bernardo was the 2018-2019, I believe. 
mm. where he had an amazing individual season for a city and mm-hmm. an amazing uh run with with uh, Portugal at the Nations League. He was easily uh-huh. one of their best players. Easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just he had a, he had a really good uh, goal goal per game ratio, so assists. Uh, he just had a lot of involvement in goals, and he was easily one of. And that was a weak year for Ballon d'Or. That was one of the years that was kind of like uh, after Modric, that Messi, and Ronaldo were uh, were more of the they were more as like the obvious uh, choices. And we saw yeah. Ronaldo finish so low. I think he finished fourth or fifth, mm-hmm. which is a lot lower than I expected. I expected him in the top three. Not gonna lie, and I think he deserved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like you said, he's a very underappreciated player. Has insanely talented and at, at a side like Atletico I, I hope Simeone brings out the best of it, of him and truly uh, lets him shine like how he wasn't able to at City these past years also, I, I, I want to ask you a question very very quickly yes, would sir. you sign Lautaro Martinez to Atletico Madrid? to Atletico? yeah no I'm going to be straight up no okay. uh, just because you're you're already living with Bernardo you have Luis Suarez and you have Joao Felix Mm-hmm. Uh, you already have Thomas Lemar. You have uh, 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 Francisco. Uh, uh, no, uh, Carrasco. My bad. Yannick Carrasco. Mm-hmm. Yannick. Uh-huh. Uh, you have. You just have so much talent going forward. I don't. I don't see the point in buying another player. If you were, if you, if Cholo wanted to sell Joe Felix or or one of those players, I would understand. But if he plans on keeping them all, uh, I feel like it's a bit of a waste of money. Noting the fact that you have a player, an hundred million. A pound player or euro player on your bench, just eating the bench. Right, on- I I get that point, but think about how Luis Suarez is. I mean, he's yeah. on his way out. He's on his mm-hmm. way out, basically, and you need a number nine because Joao Felix he can be the number nine, but I feel like he's a little better used with an actual number nine, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a partner. And Lautaro Martinez, he's proven to show that he's you know a poacher. He can be a deadly number nine. So. Do you think that for the right price, maybe, if Luis Suarez is yeah, if Luis Suarez, um, you know, is on his way out, and this Atletico Madrid needs a number nine, for the right I, price, yes. What I what I fear is that Inter is just gonna ask for a crazy number, like a hundred million or even nine million. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's that's all I worry, and I have a feeling. I mean, they have all the right to ask for that much money, especially being and then having to get rid of these players and get the money in. Yeah, that's that's what I worry. They're probably gonna ask for a lot for him. He's he's a top talent, no doubt. Um, I, I I see the move. It'll be a good move for Atletico if they get him for the right price. But I don't know. I just don't see see either letting him go for cheap. Yeah, I was I was I was gonna mention that too. Um, although, uh, this I I we'll later do an episode if we have time about our predictions for the for the Champions League, for the Europa yeah. League, for for the top five leagues, all of that. But I do have to say that this Atletico Madrid team, um, is also sort of like a very uh. Good combination between uh, a a young side with a, a more experienced side. For example, like Josema Rodriguez, um, Jimenez. Sorry, Josema Jose Maria Jimenez. Um, he's very he's very very good good center back, and he's gonna show a lot. Um, show a lot of. Uh, how how would you say he's gonna show a lot of experience and. And teach a lot for a player like Hermoso that can play very good, um, you know, left back, left center back, and it's very good for Cholo. All all that's gonna happen is this Atletico Madrid side has to be consistent in this league. If they're consistent, if they get the right players, if they they offload the right players, for example, like Thomas Lemar, I don't think like Atletico Madrid need 
a player like Thomas Lemar when they have Yannick Carrasco or Correa or now maybe get Bernardo Silva. All they need to do is be consistent and keep on playing, I guess, the way they do, but smart because not, not do too much of it. I mean, yes, you're going to be playing uh, against lower league sides that are that are a little bit um, a little bit weaker. So yeah, you you're gonna have to rotate. But Bernardo Silva and Lautaro Martinez, if they do end up uh, going to Atletico Madrid for a right price, I think it could be a steal. I think it could be a key of them winning the league again and winning um, and winning maybe even Copa del Rey or even the Champions League. Which yeah, I mean obviously as 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 rival fans, we never want to see that. Um, but, I mean, it could happen. It really could. Atletico are easily the strongest team in the league right now. Yeah, easily, easily. And, Although, and... I mean, if, if Simeone starts playing the way that he, that he ended playing in La Liga, like very, I, I would say Atletico Madrid played terribly at, at the, at the yeah, end of the I season. Agree. I feel like Maybe Madrid or Barca could could take uh, advantage. Um. Now, just just to wrap things up very very quickly, uh, we talked about Messi leaving Barcelona, which was heartbreak for all of us. Um, we we rose the question uh, the question of where is he going and if he is going to PSU, which is you know most likely where he's going to go, where it rings the most, uh, how the lineup would be, um, and. You know, we started talking about how it is unfair for teams, stronger teams for La Liga, uh, how these fin- uh, La Liga financial fair play rules are not letting them grow and are, I guess, weakening them a little bit. And then, you know, we, 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 we talked about how Florentino Perez had the right ideas of, of the Superliga and if the Superliga is going to be necessary. And yeah, it's just a little bit more talk about transfers. Uh, we gave our opinions, and I feel like this is a very, very good, um, strong, strong episode. Um, hopefully, you guys, you guys enjoyed, you guys enjoyed the episode. I definitely enjoyed this episode. This is one of this was actually one of the more more enjoyable ones because it was this messy transfer was sort of out of nowhere, and we didn't really have time to to prepare. Yeah. So I think we just sort of, it was very unfiltered, in a sense. So yeah, very. I enjoy, I enjoyed this this podcast. It was nice. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah. make sure to follow us on, on Instagram at underscore uh, false and official underscore, and on TikTok at false and official. And yeah. And yeah, thank you guys for for listening, and have a super duper amazing day.